Meg. And I'm Purdy. And we are your self-growth mentors. Welcome to Project Friend. Project Friend can be compared to meeting up with two of your most supportive friends. We are big advocates of empowerment, self-growth and connection. And we are here to guide and support you every step of your self-growth journey. So here is to going from surviving to thriving, to living the life you desire to have and fulfilling your full potential. Let's dive straight in. Who has a thousand followers? We do SpongeBob SquarePants. Okay. <laughs> so lame. I don't know how we got that many people to follow us. Anyway. <laughs> Hello, my friend. Hello. I am so excited to chat to you today. I feel my face smiling. Me too. And what I absolutely love about this topic, habits, is that it's practical and it allows you to see change through action. So you can take what we teach you today and you can actually start reaping the rewards of the habits that you install in your life. I totally agree. And I know this is a very popular topic. So like people have read James Clear's book, Atomic Habits. This is like very spoken about. But I think you and I bring a very unique perspective to what we're actually going to talk about today. Absolutely. And I think a practical perspective because we've been there, we've done it, and we've seen the benefits of instilling habits. So the cat is out of the bag. Today we are speaking about cultivating good habits that align with the intentions that you have for your life and the life you desire to live, which ultimately everybody should be able to live and everybody can if they instill good habits in their life. They totally, totally can. I think it's like such a mindset shift because as we go into this topic, we're very much on don't set goals, but cultivate habits. Instead of prioritizing goals, prioritizing the habits that you build to get to those goals. I 100% agree and I think what I absolutely love about habits is that they are so practical and they are so part of your everyday and they happen so organically. So if you are able to get to a place where you have installed those good habits, then you are already reaching goals without having it be this measurable end goal. I totally agree. So how are we going to jump in and tackle this whole topic? I think a good place for us to start is why habits are so important. Last week we spoke about New Year's resolutions and we shared our own opinion on that. And we spoke about how it's so much more beneficial to set intentions, but also to instill habits in your life. So why are habits so important? So I think scientists think that like anywhere between 60 and 70% of our everyday actions and behaviors are habits. These are responses to like daily problems and daily tasks. And I think... Just that statistic is quite frightening because obviously I'm a mindset coach and when I tell people the way that you think is actually a habit, it kind of freaks people out. 100% and I always speak to my class about neurons and how those form in the synapses and how exactly like you've just mentioned those habits, like walking through the snow, the easier it is, the more you your default is that path walking through the snow and that can be a good habit but it can also be a bad habit and it's the same way as negative self-talk about yourself is that is a habit it's a bad habit but you continue doing it and then it becomes and forms a part of your life without really realizing it because subconsciously you're just doing it out of habit it's the easier option to do yeah so and if you want to make a new habit it's like stepping off that snow path and it's like having to trudge ankle deep into fresh snow 
to make a new path, which essentially is a new neuron connection, which would be a new habit. The more you make a conscious decision to choose that, that path actually becomes deeper and deeper in the snow in sense. And then it becomes easier action to take. And that essentially is what habit creation is. What I love about good habits are if you really reflect on your life and you reflect on what sort of life you desire to live, you can actually find habits that will suit the life and the lifestyle that you'd like to live. And you can make that part of your day. And those habits immediately, without the future reference, they can become part of already living the life you desire to have. So it's such an immediate response. I think walking that path on the new snowy little road is not going to be always be easy. And that's why creating new habits aren't always easy. But the more you do it, the more it becomes so subconsciously part of your life. It does. It's like the more you do something, the easier it becomes. And that's just repetition, repetition, repetition. And suddenly you one day just wake up and you're actually on that path and you didn't consciously choose to take it. You just unconsciously walked it. And that's formed habit. 100%. I think something that's also important to note here is the same way that you can walk on that snowy path for good habits, you can also keep walking on that same path for bad habits. And the deeper those get, the more they just become part of your life. Is there something wrong? I'm thinking of a really bad habit that took me a really long time to break and I got the giggles. I'm sorry. <laughs> I used to pick my nose. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> Do you know how many times I drive in traffic and see people especially no offense but the men picking their noses like listen everybody now and again has a little friendly friend sitting there that needs to escape chris would be like oh you're having fun then i'd be like (laughs) he called you out on it okay so often so how did you get out of that deeply entrenched snowy path of nose digging actually every time that he pointed it out it was like I realized the action that I was doing. And then I was like, hey, this is actually pretty uncool. But yeah, it became a conscious decision. Well, I appreciate you sharing that because in your vulnerability, you have made an example of exactly what I was making reference to, which is that sometimes you can get these deeply entrenched snow paths that are good habits. And sometimes they are going to be the bad habits. And they're the ones that are so part of your life that you don't realize that it's pretty uncool, like nose digging or using your kitchen dish cloth to clean the floor and your dishes just saying so now that we have fully exposed ourselves on project friend should we move on to the next theme empowerment is key to us in project friend and i think learning about the habit loop is so beneficial so what is the habit loop so the habit loop was created by somebody called charles doich and he's the author of the power of habit and he says that the core of every lasting habit is a psychological pattern called the habit loop and I find the habit loop super super interesting so it includes four steps and the four steps are always in the same order once you understand the habit loop you'll understand almost how to reverse psychology how to undo some of the bad habits but also what you're looking for when you start instilling new habits and how those so naturally become part of your day understanding this habit loop literally changed I say changed my life sounds super dramatic, but it it literally changed my thinking. And now this is actually something that I use and I teach to all of my coaching clients. It is amazing. So the first step in the habit loop is called the cue or the trigger. And your mind constantly is analyzing your environment for hints of where a reward can be located. This step triggers your brain to start the behavior. So I like to think of it as, as like, little reminders that we have in our everyday environment that reminds us to start the habit loop 
which I find fascinating because it makes you think. So your mind is constantly analyzing your environment, right? So you're constantly looking yeah. for rewards. So what this makes me think about is if that is the case, then if your mindset is not in the right place and your perception of your reality is not what really is true to you, does that mean that you are analyzing your environment and looking for rewards that actually won't be the good habits that you need or healthy habits that you need for your life, but rather the perception of what habits or rewards you're looking for? I totally agree with you. And I also think like one of the other biggest problems is people want to have a good habit, but they aren't at all clear on how that will reward them in their lives. I want to be more healthy. And then you you wonder why it's so hard for you to stick to this, because even on a subconscious level, in your mind, you haven't actually sat down and go, what are the rewards for me actually living a healthy life? So you don't actually, you're not even motivated to try because in your mind, there's no reward to even fulfill this habit. There's no desire to do it. Wow, that's really profound. Just understanding that to me is a big understanding in why you do crave certain new habits. So the second step is the craving. So cravings are the motivational force behind every habit and they give you the reason to act. However, what you're craving isn't the habit, but rather the change in state you get from it. And I think that's really interesting. Yeah, so you're craving the reward. You're not actually craving the habit itself. Discipline would need to kick in when motivation doesn't always. In the end, cravings stem from a desire to change your internal state. And again, that little statement reminds me of one of your favorite quotes. And I always do the little drum roll and I point to you and I'm awkwardly going to do that again and put you on the spot. Your desire to change will only change when your desire to change comes greater than your desire to stay the same. And it's actually not my I saw that from Kane Ramsey. Hashtag, we love you, Kane. We do love you, Kane. So the third step is... So the third step would be the reward. So the goal of every habit ends in a reward, and the cue notices the reward, and the craving wants the reward, and the response obtains the reward. So we chase rewards for two reasons, because they satisfy our cravings, and they teach us which actions we should remember in the future. So all behaviors are driven by the desire to solve a problem, problem being the reward. And I find this interesting because I was, I've done a lot of research into this, and someone once said, so you have a habit to like, like watch TV or scroll endlessly on your phone and you think that in itself is the habit or the reward is just being on your phone or just chilling but the actual reward is being distracted or the dopamine that it gets from being distracted and I think it's even in the tiny habits or bad habits you have in your life it's very hard to actually see the reward that you're getting from it because sometimes the reward is not always very obvious wow that's profound if you think about it that way and from that perspective because if a reward isn't so obvious does that make people less likely to want to try instill that habit in their life Absolutely. I think if you don't really one know what reward the habit is you're trying to instill is going to give you, you're less motivated to try it. And two, if you don't really know what the reward is of a bad habit, like you will want to break it, but you will still crave the reward. But if you can't see the actual thing that you're craving, the reward itself, how are you going to stop it? Because you're not, you can't even see the thing that you want to change. So I think what's important to remember here is that the reward can work for both good and bad habit setting. And the reward is the reason the brain actually decides that the previous steps are worth remembering for the future. So the reward provides that almost positive reinforcement for the desired behavior, be that a good or bad behavior or habit, making it more likely that you're actually going to do that again in the future. That's so, so interesting. So if you want to instill good habits, I think you need to notice your habit cues 
and get very clear on the rewards. So this goes to bad habits and good habits. What is the cue that's triggering the bad habit? And get very clear on what reward you're getting from it. And if you want to set a new habit, get very clear on what reward that habit's going to bring into your life. And then set habit cues, which I like to tell my coaching clients are physical reminders in your environment that will remind you that you want to achieve something. So like, for instance, say that you want to go for a run every morning. So you would put your running shoes in front of the door and your water bottle somewhere really obvious. And I like to think that if you make them almost slightly inconvenient, like you put your running shoes in the middle of your bedroom, so you trip over them a hundred times. You Every time you trip over them, you're like, oh, I need to go for a run. And those tiny little habit cues are reminding us to make conscious choices. Definitely. And I think as much as it's an inconvenience, it becomes very convenient. So it does. something that I started recently and it's such a simple example, but I want to drink more water. And when I was living in Oman, I drank ton loads of water. <laughs> ton loads? I can't even English. I drank a lot of water, okay? <laughs> and so I bought myself this nifty little water bottle that has a straw. And in the mornings before I leave for work, I fill it up with cold water. And while I'm driving, really subconsciously, I've started drinking my water. The same way that I pack a beach bag in my car. It's got shoes, it's got a towel, it's got my ear pods, everything ready for a walk. And it's so convenient to just stop, take my bag out, and I'm ready to go for a run or ready to go for a walk. There are definitely ways that you can make a habit work for you. Absolutely. I'm such a fan of sticky notes. So I'll sticky note things that I trying to remind myself to do. So like I am a big believer in affirmations. I sticky note them on my, my bathroom mirror and I do them when I brush my teeth and I sticky note things on my computer and I sticky note things on my water glasses. And it's just that constant little reminder that you actually want to achieve something. And that is actually the start of a habit cube. It is such good practice to try and get into. It is good practice. So what is the big difference between a goal and a habit? So a habit is a routine of behavior that's repeated regularly that tends to occur subconsciously. So a goal is the desired end result. It's what you're working towards. But a habit is that repetitive behavior that initially will require your conscious effort to form, but then it becomes naturally part of your day. It's the repeated behavior that you repeat within your day. If you think of it this way, you can set a goal to form healthy habits in your day, for example, but you're not going to make a habit out of setting goals. Interesting perspective. Okay, and so habits are the small decisions you make and the actions you perform every day. They are unconscious choices and told that you want to make a new habit and then they have to become conscious choices. So people listening to this might install some habits and some people might not stick to them. Why do you think that's the case? I think one of the biggest reasons why people don't stick to habits is because they aren't aware of the reward that that habit is going to bring into their life. So they're picking things for whatever reason, but they aren't actually getting to the why or how that's going to actually benefit them. And it seems really stupid, like because just by understanding the reward of it, the why you want to do it, will actually make you a lot more motivated to, to try. 100%. And I think that's where intentions also play a role because it's, why do I intend to do this? You, you go through those self-reflective questions of the big why. And when you, you know why... Again, when you don't have motivation, it allows you to dig deeper because you realize the big why of why you do actually want to install that habit. And that's when discipline kicks in. 
And maybe like the habit that you're trying to create is not valuable to you. It's so easy to, you know, have a look at these aesthetic posts about different habits that you can or should instill. And I love those posts too. But if it doesn't add value to your life, I think you're very much less likely to stick to that habit. And I think that's where it's so unique to and tailor-made to who you are and what your direct needs are and what my habits are and what habits work for me won't necessarily work for somebody else. I think there's certain habits that definitely make your day more productive or conducive to being organized and getting more done. But there are other habits in between those habits that are very tailored to your unique needs. I totally agree. And I also think like sometimes like if you're trying to give up a bad habit or create a new habit, there will be a phase of uncomfortableness, like being uncomfortable. And I think some people can make peace with that feeling and know that it's not going to last and when some people get that feeling they just absolutely hate it so much that they're not even tempted to push past it so like exercising some people hate sweating or the feeling of being tired or like that disgusting nausea feeling when you've run too far or being sweaty and that small uncomfort is something that stops them actually building something that they do want to implement in their life get comfortable with being uncomfortable 100% what I was about to say and what you'll realize is what your uncomfortable feels like will soon be very comfortable to you. And then you're most likely going to want to push yourself that one step further because suddenly you see the reward of persevering and of grit and of actually pushing yourself beyond your comfort zone into your growth zone. And that's where building new habits teaches you that there's a lot more that can be done than what you actually allow yourself. And that if you do install those habits in your life, you, you are most likely going to live a healthier, happier life. In, and when I talk about health, I mean the holistic health in terms of all facets of your life. I totally agree. I love the way how you describe it as like a holistic, because I think when we say health, people sometimes assume you're talking about like only food and only exercise. But that can also be your mindset. That can be any sort of happy version of you that you want to create exactly and i think that is the case that so often we see the words cultivating good habits and we immediately think health we think food we think running we think exercise but we don't think of the mental well-being we don't think of our emotional well-being and that is why you need to instill habits that look at the whole you the holistic you what else needs good habits in place a good mindset a good perspective i also think this is a big one that people can't stick to habits because the habit they're trying to create is going against a belief that they have of themselves that you have this massive conflict between what i want and how i'm going to get it and what i actually believe about myself and that's like cognitive distortion between those two things can lead to serious failure and disappointment definitely and i think that alludes to what i was saying earlier about your perception Exactly. And what your perception is of yourself. And so if that is the perception you have, or if this is the way your mindset is, or the way you view yourself, you are building habits off of that perception of yourself, meaning it's not necessarily true. So it's so important to check that and to check that you are actually instilling habits that allow you to reach your full potential because perhaps what you already see of yourself is very limiting. I totally agree. It is such a mind kerfuddle, the whole thing. It is. It's such a mind kerfuddle because if I have a perception of myself that's not true, and I don't realize my perception is not true, then I'm going to go on living in life with an untrue perception of myself. And that's like the biggest habit check that I've had in life. 
is coming to realize that my truths are necessarily my truths about myself. And that is so freeing because when you do that, you realize that actually, if that's not the truth, are you telling me I'm all the things that I haven't believed I was? And does that mean I get to be who I want to be and I get to live my full potential and live the life I desire to be? Absolutely, freaking Oprah Winfrey under your chair and your chair and your chair. Yes. <laughs> I just had a full on rant about your perception <laughs> and that you deserve to live the life you do. You're like, you're preaching to the converted, actually. Like, it gets me so excited. It does get me excited. Mindset is everything. It is everything. Your life is as good as your mindset. And literally, that is basically it in a nutshell. It really is. Because everything is based off of that mindset. It is. The opportunities you take, the opportunities you don't take. The people you interact with, the people you don't interact with. The job opportunities or not. The fear or not fear. There's so much hanging on that mindset. Do you remember like the, the actual moment when you kind of like realized all of this? So my belief system, I would definitely say in my early 20s, were built off of the observations I had made around society. I have empath tendencies. I look, I learn, I observe, I see how people react. I see comments to different things. So I very much am very observant. And through my observations, I could see, well, this meant that, or society prefers this. or So it was a very modeling time in terms of what society approved of, of what, or what society wanted. And I think in our 20s, you and I often chatted about this, because we found ourselves as two deep souls who loved a good time, loved an adventure, but we also found like our conversations would transcend into really significant and profound you know, conversations around life and things that brought us joy. I think what I felt at that time was that society's approval of a 20-something-year-old at my age wasn't necessarily the cutout of who I was at that age. So I think what eventually happened was that I realized I had limiting beliefs and I realized that they were stopping me from living the life that I really desired to have. And so I had this thought pattern of, if this is what I believe about myself and I know it's limiting, am I going to live the rest of my life having limiting beliefs about myself that's going to stop me from fulfilling my full potential, ultimately making the friends I desire to have, having the job I desire to have, doing the things I'd love to do, being brave enough to do the things I'd love to do. So I started challenging these beliefs that I had about myself. And as I started challenging them, I started to live my life like the person I wanted to be and realized I was that person. And the only thing that was stopping me from living as that person was my thoughts. And that gave me the confidence to take up new experiences, to surround myself with amazing humans. And without realizing it, those humans were also challenging my limiting beliefs by pushing me out of my comfort zone, encouraging me to do things that they believed I would be amazing at and confirming that I'm capable and I can live the life I desire to have. And I can push myself out of my comfort zone. And the more I did that, the more I realized just how capable I was. And that continuous showing up for myself but continuously challenging my limiting beliefs is what led me to where I am today. Somebody that believes I can do, I can do it. I've got unlimited potential to do what I'd like to do. And my mind has a big part to play in that. Can you remember the moment you had that mindset shift? That is so interesting that you say that because you're right. It, it is almost like a snap. It's like a, like a click that goes off in your brain. But mine is almost the exact opposite of yours, but yet... We kind of came to the same place. If that makes any sense. Tell me. So my previous, uh, we've mentioned this hundred times. I was worked as a chef on a yacht. Going through COVID was very, very isolated and very, very alone. 
and surrounded by some very toxic people. So I withdrew and went into myself. So I think where you had the loving support system who showed you who you were already, even though you didn't believe it, I had almost the exact opposite. And during this time of like massive isolation and loneliness and a sprinkle of depression on top of it all, I was doing all of these coaching sessions and these different courses. And I remember reading this one quote and it said, your thoughts are not always true. And I was like, oh, what? And I read it again and then I read it again. And I was like, it blew my mind. And everything that I had thought about myself. So I was ugly. I wasn't good enough. I'm dyslexic. I'm stupid. I'm an inconvenience. I'm a waste. All of those thoughts, I actually realized for the very first time that those things weren't true. That just because it's a thought doesn't make it real. And it was the first time I questioned my mindset and I realized that the things that I had been thinking about myself weren't real. And if they weren't real, then what was the possibility? That if I'm not good enough is not real, then naturally that would mean that I am good enough. 100%. I can, I can just relate to so much of what you're sharing. And I think what that did, like you said, it opens possibilities yeah. of, okay, so if I'm not everything I've always told myself I am, what and am everything I? I've always spoken to myself, what am I? And it's not like you then go through this whole journey of like finding yourself because I think life is that. That is the journey. It's more of a sense of I can I can do it. I can take up any opportunity. I can, I can dress anything. any way I want to. I can be anything. Okay, you see, this is why I love our conversations because it's half therapy, half being able to share our experience with other people with the hopes that if that is you, your 20-year-old self with the limiting beliefs, you can overcome them and it can happen very quickly and your life will be forever changed. But should we move on? What good habits have you instilled in your life that have been a life changer for you? So good habits that I have instilled in my life, I think fall under two umbrella terms. We've just spoken about the mindset habits, which play such a pivotal role and they really have been life changing for me. So mind shift is the one and the other one is to live a good quality life. And for me to live a good quality life, I realized that there were certain habits I needed to install to make or utilize the most out of my day. So for example, practical habit for my day is I wake up at five, gives me time to self-reflect, to have a coffee, to start my day off slower because there was a need for that. And I think that is the beauty of a habit. You find a need You know what your values are, you know what you're looking for, and then you instill those habits. To me, waking up at five is very normal now, despite everybody giving me the raised eyebrow when I tell them that. Good organization works for me because it means I have more time in the day when things are organized, things are in place. I can kick up my feet by the time I get back from work. So these are small habits that allow me to make the most of my day. And then, of course, the practical habits I shared earlier about the shoes in my car for a run, you know, the water bottle, they are small, simple habits that can be life-changing. Um, making lists has been really beneficial for me. I'm a list maker. I, I love a list. And is there anything more satisfying than, than ticking off oh, nothing. the best? Nothing. The best. It's like the best, best feeling in the world. What are some habits that you've instilled that have been either life-changing or just really made your day more productive? So the two biggest habits that I've implemented. One is with my mindset. So I used to be a very negative daydreamer, if that's even a thing. So I would like daydream all of these like scenarios and I get so caught up in my negative imaginings 
that it then started to affect my mood. And the other thing that I used to do, I was a massive argument winner in my mind. I would have full-blown arguments with myself, but arguing someone else. And I get like, my face is going and I get all animated and Chris is like, who are you arguing? I'm like, but I used to get very angry because of the arguments I was having in my mind. And these were my two really, really biggest habits. So when I started to learn about all of this mindset stuff and I had my big like penny moments and I realized that like I could literally be anything I want. But I also said previously, I realized that your thoughts aren't real. So I, I started breaking the habit. So I used to negative J dream just before I go to sleep. And now to break that habit cycle, if I start wanting to be a negative daydreamer, I open my eyes. Every single time I catch myself having a, a, an argument, I'll be like, okay, this is not real. And if I'm doing it when I'm trying to go to sleep, I physically open my eyes and that breaks the entire cycle. My mood has not been affected by, I wouldn't say the lies I tell myself essentially, but it is basically lies. It's my mind just making up nonsense. That makes complete sense. I was smiling as you were telling me that story because I actually used to do that. I don't know how I broke that habit, but it was especially, it wasn't all the time, but it was especially if it was a scenario where I knew I couldn't actually express truly how I felt. I think one of the biggest mindset shifts in that is coming to realize what you can control and what you can't control. Because to me, realizing I can control my own reactions. So after this entire conversation, saying all of this, what are some tips in cultivating good habits that you would give someone? I think you need to be very specific about what you want to achieve and understand why achieving that is going to actually benefit you. And we've spoken about that in this podcast today. Identify what that reward is. I think it really comes to that. I totally agree. I think you need to know what you want. And it's so funny because I have conversations with people and I sometimes just ask them like, oh, what do you want? And they will like have a little bit of a blank stare and then they will proceed to tell you for 20 minutes everything that they don't want and they don't like. So if you don't know what you want, how are you actually ever going to get there? And how are you going to create the habits to get there? So actually knowing what you want, I think is really important. I think people that have been so consumed with giving and taking care of everybody else, and I'm thinking of moms out there especially, are so used to being the person that's always looking after somebody else that it's very hard to realize what do what do I want? And that it's okay to put yourself first. And in fact, putting yourself first is probably going to be hugely beneficial in what you're able to give. Because if your tank is ultimately not full enough to give, what are you giving from? It's so true. I think actually taking the time to sit down and figure that out is so important. I also think like once you have figured it out is to set habit cues or reminders in your everyday life to help you remind yourself that that's what you want to achieve. And that's the first step in the habit loop. I like reminders. You can have alarms on your phone. I'm a sticky note girl. I sticky note everything, shoes by the door, water bottles, make it obvious so you can see it and make it like repetitive so you can see it a lot. If you want to drink more water, make sure you have water at your desk, in the kitchen, by the coffee machine, in your car, next to your bed. Make it obvious because the habit cue is just to remind yourself, instead of taking an unconscious action, to make a conscious decision. Also find ways to stack your habits because that makes it so much easier. So if there's a habit that you're really good at and that neuron path has already been established, walk on that path but extend it. 
extend it with that next habit that you'd really like to install in your life. So I really like going to the beach. That's a habit that I've installed every evening, but I really would like to up on my exercise or I'd like to listen to more podcasts. I'm going to go to the beach and listen to a podcast. I'm going to go to the beach and go for a run and listen to a podcast. Triple stacker hamburger. (laughs) Um, But find ways to make it fun, convenient, but also stack habits with other habits. I'm such a listen to music when I don't want to do something kind of person. I think music creates like a positive association with sometimes things that we've had negative associations with and or to boost our mood so that we feel like we can do it. Put on your headphones or your AirPods and listen to your like power song because you will get in the mood that wants to do it. But then also you're creating the association of positivity and the habit. So you will want to do the habit because in the beginning you will feel good about it. So make your habits within reach. If you strive for perfection or if you place too much expectation on yourself, it's likely that your habit actually won't last. So put in place a habit that is actually something that you can reach and that makes sense in your day. And I think like sometimes like if you have a huge goal, like I want to run a marathon, but you haven't started running one kilometer and you're trying to instill a habit, make sure your habits are small, easy chunks that actually will progressively lead up to a big goal. And that makes me think of almost embracing your journey. Absolutely. So it's not going to be linear. It's going to be bumpy. And those challenges, what is going to give you perspective of what habits you have, why they add value, how can I change them to better fit the life I desire to live? That is so, so well said. So I actually never asked you if you have any bad habits. Says me, who's a a yawner and a nose picker. (laughs) And I have another, I suppose it is a tiny habit, which is also quite strange. But I want to know one of your bad habits. So my bad habits, let's unpack this. How long do you have? (laughs) Oh, wow, there's that many. (laughs) No, so the bad habits that I can consciously think about Number one is this little light of mine, it shall shine. I let my petrol light go on all the time <laughs> and I always let that light shine. I, it, and let me tell you, that light will shine and I will still drive to work and let it shine. And I will convince myself that I am going to get to the petrol station and be okay. And up to now, I've done a pretty good job of always making it. So I have this very strange habit and I love it. I'm not going to stop. So, but other people's opinion is that it's bad. So I love drinking whiskey and I will go and just take a tiny, tiny sip straight out of the bottle. Just, I like the taste of it. I love the taste of whiskey. So I just have a tiny taste. It's like on my lips, Mm, a little taste. And then I'm like, I'll go about my day. Oh, so you, you're like the real desperate housewives of the Wisteria Lane. You are not just any whiskey. You want the snobbish whiskey. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't want to drink like whiskey that tastes like petrol. Oh, but I love the it. smell of petrol. That was going to be my next comment. I love it. That's so interesting. <laughs> we are two desperate housewives airing out our laundry. You love a sip of whiskey. I love the smell of petrol. Sure. Kids are soft when you So do you have any final thoughts on this topic for this week? I think in summary, if you desire to change your life in any way, or if you feel like you're not living your purpose, find habits that you can implement in your life that will allow you to get that one step ahead of the life that you do desire to live. You will never change your life until you change something you do daily. 
The secret of your success is found in your daily routine. John C. Maxwell. So not only is our platform one where we can connect, but also one where we can take on our own self-growth journey and where we can grow together. This week, we would like to challenge you to reflect on your own life and the life you desire to live. Now make a list of the habits that you would need to install in your day that are conducive to the life you desire to live. And then action time, implement them, reflect on the rewards they would give you. Are they going to add the value to your life that you would want? And then repeat those actions enough for it to become that habit that you are longing to have in your life. So friends, thank you so much for joining us today. As always, embrace the pace of your own journey and give yourself the time to grow. You are capable of amazing things. You absolutely are. And friends, please don't forget to join us next week and interact with our social media posts so that we can get to know you better too. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button and let's journey together. Bye friend. Thank you so much for this incredible topic. And I will see you next week. Bye my friend. Thank you for a lovely recording. Lots of love. Lots of love. Chat next week. Bye. Bye Felicia. Bye, Felicia. I was (laughs) waiting for it. She's finally come to the bye, Felicia. (laughs) Yay.